We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Friday, the 25th day of November, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside, not Bruce Adams, it is GP and the fan favorite, Lord Marty Foster. Lord Foster, we'll start with you. How are you today? Uh, I'm cold. Well, we'll be Move sure on. and get through this as quickly and as painlessly as possible so you can uh, so you can warm up. GP, how are you today? It's a pleasure to have you. I didn't think you were going to be on today. I thought you'd be eating alligator or, or something, which you nearly just saw one right next to where you were sitting so i'm amazing it's so hot outside and i'm sweating profusely you're, you're just you're in yeah in, he's in florida yeah. and he's I'm, in like he's in long sleeves and a hood and he's in florida okay that's, that's sun protection that's that's sun true protection. actually yeah, I, I can relate to that because the only time i've ever worn uh, a top when swimming when i was in the in the middle east because the sun was just too hot but yeah gp's just taken us on a tour of beautiful Florida and it's sunny and it looks lovely. And um, I'm sat here with two coats on, a scarf and a woolly hat. Before we get into the uh, the comedy hour of today, well, I guess the whole thing's going to be a comedy hour. Uh, I thought that we could start with your notebook, Marty. You you and Ned, you guys have these notebooks and, and I love it that you guys go through the entire week now and you, you write things down. And then we cover all those topics. And I have no idea what it's going to be, but we were discussing a couple of things in prep. We found that a few of the points we wanted to bring up actually overlapped with each other, even though we hadn't previously discussed it. So this will, this will be good. I've got a lot of audio to get to today. Even some of the stuff that uh, that you had pointed out and you said, hey, I, we want to play this, we want to play this. And I'm like, I'm way ahead of you. I already got it. So uh, where do we start? Well, I'm kind of sad that, that Bruce isn't on at the time of recording because the first thing i wrote down this week was why i hate religion and this was uh prompted by the audio you played a couple of days ago with ned uh and it was the the frau what's her face the uh the one from new zealand the uh the head of the intelligence services yeah yeah yeah, I knew that, but she really does look like uh, the evil henchwoman from the Austin Powers films, Doctor Evil's yeah, right-hand woman. You got to look at her. Oh yeah, uh, you have to see us. <laughs> it's it's um, atrocious because you know that we still do actually need to be aware of people being radicalized. Um, this is true, but they're now moving the term "radicalized" to people who are just pissed off and mad angry at their own governments. Normally, when we consider the word radicalized, we're talking along religious or extreme political lines. Well, at the moment, just about everyone who's awake is is angry. And um, that anger is being misnamed as as being radical we're not radicals we're we're people who just want to be left alone we're people who just want to have um our usual raft of freedoms um so 
yeah, that that piece of audio really upset me. But it's it's because of religion that the term has really come into use. The the radicalized Muslims, even the the fundamental Christians, uh, have been radicalized. And this is the problem. Religion has always been a way, basically, to stop the poor from eating the rich. You know, and and it's a way of controlling populations, and and that's why formal religion, to me, and I've said this before, is a complete anathema. It 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 should be banned. It certainly shouldn't have. They certainly shouldn't have tax-free status, because you know the Roman Catholic Church owns so much land. The Church of England owns so much land. All of these TV evangelists in the in the US just rake in money hand over fist, and and a lot of them are living quite lavish lifestyles. So yeah, I don't like religion. Um, discuss. Well, religion obviously was the first politics, right? Isn't yeah. it a necessary evil? Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Let's go back. Let's just look at this in terms of history, okay? This because this is how I, mm-hmm. I view things. All right, I have a tendency, as you both know, to kind of delve in in a lot of history. So let's go back and let's look at this from a matter of civility, okay? So what did we have prior to the birth of Christ? We had anarchy. We had barbarism. I mean, it was just it, it was a it was a civilization that had that was in free fall collapse, and it was just. It was lawlessness. It was chaos. It was debauchery. You're just referring to Rome. You're just referring to Rome at the end. I'm referring to civilization. I'm referring to the civilization that preceded us. That is very much close to what we're mimicking now. Is and my point is is this is religion at least in this aspect. I'm speaking on specifically Christianity was a stabilizing force and put in rules. I guess if you if you will, uh, whether you agree with it or not. It was a stabilizing force for uh, for people to behave and have a sense of morality and a sense of duty and a sense of honor. And we've abandoned all of that. And you see where we are because of it. So, I'm, again, I'm not. Well, I'm offended. Those of us who are followers of Jupiter <laughs> and Zeus. <laughs> what did I say about a comedy hour? What, what did I say? <laughs> well, I, I, you, I, you see my point. You hurt my you feeling. My, yes. Do you, do you see my point, though? Is we've had mm-hmm. a stabilizing I do, I do. factor. We've we've had morality in our in our civilization, and now all of that has been removed. And now there's, there's a line. There's a line from um, you know the the uh, the storybook that says the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I'm sure that when the 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 really spiritual people who kicked off all of these religions. They did it with the best of intentions, but that soon got recognized by the powerful and, I don't know, what, what would you call them? People with malintent and used. It got used against them because my main issue, and, and getting back to the word radicalized, you can easily radicalize someone and get them to do things that are against their own human nature if you tell them that God told them to do it. So that's the problem. Once people believe that because the priest says God told us to do this or the mullah or the imam or the the rabbi says this is God's word and we will do this, you can mobilize whole populations if they're all believing the same way. And that's the problem that I've got. That's how people get radicalized because they believe a higher power is telling them that this must be done. Of the two evils, which is worse, politics, 
or religion. Well, the, the those line, are our choices. For, for a while, the lines got very <laughs> fuzzy, didn't they? The, the lines got very fuzzy between religion and politics. Government, it's not so much say. now because more people have moved away from formal religion. So instead, they had to find something else to control us. And in mm-hmm. this particular case, it's a bloody man-made virus that they've used. So all of these things continue. And we had the same kind of bullshit from our scientists. That Harvard professor, uh, what was his name again? Uh, Ashish Jha, Harvard professor. There he is talking about having your left arm for your COVID vaccination and your right arm for your flu vaccination. Would you like me to play? Uh, and and that's what, that's what, yeah. Okay, we'll play it in a second. But he had the nerve to say... I think that's why God gave us two arms. Well, they should have given that prick three arms for the for the bloody heroin he's obviously taking to talk such crap like that. Play the clip, Johnny. But it's going to take all of us to make that happen. So please, don't wait. Get your COVID shot. Get your flu shot. That's why God gave you two arms. You can one in each arm if you want. Go to vaccines.gov and let's do everything we all can to protect the American people. Thank you. Patronizing, lying, deceitful... Bought and paid for piece of excrement. That's what that man is. The vaccine doesn't stop you from giving it to anyone, right? Correct. Yeah, they've they've established that, at least in the mainstream media. As a matter of fact, uh, there was... So how are you protecting the American population by getting it? It's a lie. It's 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 a lie like... It's the agenda. I'm just asking. Yeah, it's it's the agenda, though. You're talking logic, GP. And and I know where you're coming from. You've got a background in that that stuff. But you're talking logic. God forbid we speak logic here on this podcast because that's part of our motto is logic, reason, and common sense. That's the first part of our our motto, actually. Mm -hmm. How dare you speak logic to this? Because this is about the agenda. Is it nefarious? Well, yes. At this point, yes. At this point, Uh, you even had a a piece out of the Washington Post, right? The Washington Post today said Mm -hmm. that uh, I'll get the exact quote here. Hold on. If you're out of pain pills and you give a person sugar pills because they're in pain, but it works as a placebo, is that nefarious? Depends. Because if 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 the sugar pills is this vaccine is this vaccine nefarious? Even though we know it doesn't really work. At this point, yes. Is it it nefarious? It depends. It depends on your definition of is it working. Mm-hmm. That's what. No, it comes it's down not to. really. Well, okay, but it's keeping people calm. How you know the people would respond very poorly to. By the way, there's nothing we can do to this. It's going to suck. Point one percent of you are all going to die. Actually, that would that wouldn't even bother anybody. They'd be like, uh, okay, yeah, more people die in car accidents. Okay, yeah. But well, yes, but they sensationalized it too much. They really did sensationalize it way too much. This op-ed piece out of the Washington Post, okay? Uh, the Washington Post. This is a far-left Bezos-owned newspaper outlet, the Washington Post, okay? Headline yesterday says, vaccinated people now make up a majority of COVID deaths. It is no longer a pandemic of the unvaccinated. 58% of coronavirus deaths in August were from people who were vaccinated or boosted, according to a new analysis. The trend underscores the importance of regular booster shots. That is what they were saying, citing the CDC. Did they also post or, or print the age brackets of those uh-huh. of those deaths? Because, you know, there, there's lies, damn lies and statistics. 
And although I believe that the vaccine is nefarious, most definitely, great word, by the way, GP, thank you very much. I'm going to slip that into conversation more often. Although I believe it, that it to be nefarious and fake and fraud and part of the the unholy trinity of energy companies uh, and and arms companies banks and big pharma making a huge amount of money over the last set of worldwide crises that we've been put through those people that are dying of course, there are going to be more vaccinated people dying than unvaccinated because so many more people have had the vaccine. And also, the first ones they pushed it on were the extremely old and vulnerable people. And they were going to be popping off anyway. So mm-hmm. um, that news article is probably absolutely true. But the important thing to know is the age bracket of those deaths and are they excess deaths that we wouldn't have otherwise expected? Unfortunately, they well, don't do... 74.4% of the deaths are over the age of 65, so... Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, they don't, an... do, they don't do as good a job uh, compiling that data as your Office of National Statistics. You guys do a pretty good job of that. Yeah, they, they do. The trouble is not enough people look at the figures. They're published because the government knows that they can't get away with not publishing them because somebody will be asking for that to happen. But not enough people look at them and ask themselves the questions about why is this the case? Since last January, I've had three periods in hospital. And I've said this before on the podcast. I asked the staff what's happened to flu. And these uninformed and honestly quite ignorant nurses said oh there hasn't been any flu it's all been covid the funny old thing that the symptoms uh, you know high temperature breathing difficulties and all the rest of it are, are almost identical and of course with covid being unleashed on the world an awful lot of people may have had that virus as well which would have prompted you know weakened their immune system and they would have pick, picked up flu there was a an a piece from the NHS today, in fact, saying, oh, we expect 10 times more flu cases this year than we had last year. Well, if there wasn't any flu last year, 10 times nothing is still nothing. But of course, there will be flu cases because there were last year as well. It's just that lower level staff were simply uninformed or ignorant of the fact. And this year, there are likely to be more than our expected 130,000 annual flu deaths because of the energy crisis and the cost of living crisis that they're under. So people won't be heating or eating properly and therefore more susceptible to illnesses because their immune system will be weakened by the cold and by malnutrition, as well as the fact that they've had this jab, which has worn their immune systems out. So yeah, it is nefarious, GP, in my opinion. I bow to your wider expertise in the uh, in the matter but to me it's nefarious careful because you're going to overinflate his ego and he's not going to be able to get back out the door for another walk later i know he, my head's just, already hit the side of the wall <laughs> but hold on let me cool down that's, oh, that's a full fact <laughs> make sure the labels turn towards so we get the sponsorship gp yeah <laughs> coca-cola Coca-Cola. refreshing there's only one thing that you need more and that's probably a bottle of bourbon. 
or bourbon? How do you say I, uh, it? Bourbon, bourbon? We actually, we, no, we say bourbon. Yeah, we, we can't take that sponsorship, unfortunately, because they're an ESG company and they sponsored <laughs> the uh, the COP27 in Egypt this year. So I want nothing to do with them. On top of that, I wouldn't drink that poison. Yeah, yeah. On top of that, I wouldn't drink that poison anyway. Marty, take, this your, is, take uh, your poison, man. Take your poison. That's what you said. Pick your poison. This is the same Dr. Uh, ja from the White House that you'd mentioned before. I, I played this uh, the other day and I, I thought I would play this for you now because he's telling us that we as as alternatives and and as uh, people that that discuss these issues we need to check ourselves we need to be responsible right we don't need to be the ones pushing out disinformation and misinformation because you need to go to people like him for the right information listen to this that america's physicians like the real leaders of american medicine the people you trust for your cancer care and your heart care and your pediatrics care are out there telling you you need to go get a vaccine. You can decide to trust America's physicians or you can trust some random dude on Twitter. Like those are your choices. But I think the key here is to get trusted voices out there spreading truth, spreading science-based information. And for journalists and for people who run platforms, what I would say is you should be thinking about what your personal responsibility is. And do you want to be a source of misinformation and disinformation? That's up to, uh, up to those individuals. But I really think it's really important uh, for us, for me, to be spreading good information. You see, Marty, you have a personal responsibility to tell people how things really are. Uh, yes, eating yes, I have. I have. And you, you mm, cookies, you can't get much more scientific than if you have a vaccine, does it work? If the answer is no, which it is in this case, because it doesn't spread, prevent retransmission. If it saves one life, is it worth it? Uh, no, because the excess. Oh, I didn't finish my sentence. Sorry, sorry, I didn't finish my sentence. If it saves one important, valuable government life. (laughs) Ah, okay. (laughs) Well, ultimately, I don't think it is going to save their lives because the. Oh, I got to finish more. It saves more and make millions of billions of dollars. It's really necessary. It's just a way of moving money out of our pockets as taxpayers into into taxes that will be used to pay back the loans that our countries have had to take out with the World Bank to pay for the vaccinations, to pay for the the jabs, to pay for the research. You got to triage it. That's bad that that we didn't agree to. You have to triage it. They're trying to pass that off onto us and future generations. That's not our debt. It's going to be passed off onto our kids and their kids. No, it is not. They might say that and we might assume that. Yeah, right. It's free. Sure. Free it's free. I, I can go down the street and go get a shot. Yeah, yeah I bet free. you can. And, and another box of cookies, mm-hmm. Fifi. I'll bet you can. Yeah. I know. Um, that's exactly where I got these cookies. If you go to Australia, <laughs> if you go to Australia, if you go to Victoria, then you get a free six mm-hmm. pack of hot cross buns with your vaccine, with your COVID-19 mm-hmm. vaccine. Remember uh, when they did that with polio? No, I don't. No. I what don't. about typhoid? Yellow no. fever? Nope. Tetanus? Nope. MMRs, you know, measles, no. mumps, rubella. No, I would like to get to this uh, clip. You remember when they did that with um, anything? No, no, <laughs> no. I would like to get to this clip of uh, uh, of Dr. Fauci. Uh, mm. We are we are at the holidays, right? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're approaching the holidays. As a matter of fact, today is a holiday at the time of recording. But you want to take that extra precaution. Now, again, you want to make sure that you're paying attention oh, no. to science. You want to follow oh, no. science. You want to follow good information. You don't want to follow some dude on Twitter. You don't want to follow misinformation and disinformation. You want to follow somebody like this. And if you look at the data, they are just 
profoundly striking of the curves of death and hospitalization of unvaccinated versus vaccinated versus vaccinated and boosted. So there is a relatively smaller difference in vaccinated and unboosted versus vaccinated plus boosted. That doesn't mean you shouldn't get boosted, but the real danger is in the people who have not been vaccinated. So that's where we expect, if we're gonna see a problem this winter, it's gonna be among those people. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get arrested for being radical if I say anything about that man, so. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading the sub person with the doing the sign language. He was like, "This mother effer is freaking lying. He's got nothing but bullshit going on." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would yeah, be right. sweet if that was the case. If if the um, sign language translator was actually speaking the truth, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> But that, she's doing a lot of this. She's going like this. You didn't notice that? That's not, that it's that a good thing we're not video, GP. That's not family friendly at all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But that poison dwarf can't lie straight in bed, can he? I mean, he's he just cannot open his pointy tooth, gnome-like mouth without spewing out lies and crap. And why is he still there? I'll tell you why he's still there, because your entire government is bent, same as my entire government is bent. I'm a conservative. I believe in the free market economy. I believe in a hard day's work for a good day's pay and all those things. We've talked about this before. I feel politically homeless at the moment because you can't trust any of them. And that's why oh. Anthony Fauci, he should be stripped of his doctorate for a start. And that other fella there, uh, Jar, Char, Jar Jar Binks. What? Yes, him. He I was talking he was about. Yeah, he was talking about you know getting your information from the guy who provides your cancer medication and and so on. Well, I've heard several leading doctors speak totally a different message. That, in my opinion, the true message that this has been an absolute fraudulent, nefarious. Thank you very much, GP. Mm -hmm. Attack on humanity. Well, can I ask you something personal, Marty? Certainly. I'm going to ask you, if they were going to pay you $100 million yes, to declare yes, on I national would. TV, yes, I exactly, would. <laughs> I know, yes, yes, I would. you would, I know, yeah. we would, Yeah, bottom paid for. I'd take the money, I'd put it into land, and then I'd blow the whistle. We've covered this before, I've said exactly the same thing. Yeah, I'd take mm -hmm. the bribe, and by taking, because if, if you don't take the, <laughs> if, yeah, I'd buy hard assets and blow the whistle blow the whistle on it because that way you can prove you can follow the money you can say well hang on i had nothing a few weeks ago but now i'm a multi-millionaire and, oh. and i own all this you land. wrote a book did, you wrote a book you wrote yeah. a book and everyone bought it apparently exactly oh yeah and exactly. i'm still waiting and you were a that. famous artist yeah. and you didn't know how I'm famous an artist you were i'm still waiting Actually, for the I day do, that marty I, will publish a book because i will buy it Yes, I've I've started to everything write... you need to know about politicians. No, because mm -hmm. I don't know enough. Because I I haven't been involved in in that sphere of. If their mouths are moving, they're lying. Yes, yes, but yeah, I've I've started to write three books in my lifetime, and and then got bored with it. I get bored too easily. That's my problem. I've I've not got. ADHD or any of those things, but I do get bored. Let's move on because I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to pick on uh, something that you had mentioned there, and I'm glad you mentioned it. You said that you're a fan of the uh, the free market, yeah? 
You're, you're a fan. We're all free market guys here. Yeah, we're all, all fans of free market. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. But specifically, you market. mentioned the free market. Marty, you also like to fish, right? You, you have a love you have fish. a boat. Yeah, you love fishing, right? Now, mm. I have here a clip of somebody who is going to describe to you the best way to look at the economies in terms of fishing. Would you like to hear it? Oh, yeah. There's always time for a fishing story. Fantastic. I, oh, I love fishing Fantastic. Story. Here it is. Now, just two last points. Public-private cooperation. Today, some people would say until two years ago, until the crisis hit, it was business who was in the lead. And now with the crisis, with COVID, it's government who is in the lead. No, it should be governments and business. Governments and business have to cooperate in order to become a fast fish. Because in our world of today, it's not anymore so much the big fish who eats the small fish, but it is the fast fish who eats the slow fish. And in order to be a fast fish and a big fish, hopefully, like Indonesia, you have to have two co-pilots, business and governments. My last point relates to trust. If business is really a force for good, which it has to be, business has to practice stakeholder capitalism. Such a concept I wrote a book about over 50 years ago, and I devoted my life to the promotion of stakeholder responsibility. Business should not only serve shareholders, but has to serve the people and to take care of our planet. Only in such a way, business will earn the trust which it needs to be an innovative force to make our society a better society. Okay, uh, the look on GP's face is uh, is one of being just absolutely horrified. So I'm going to start with Marty first. Okay, because well, first thing you is, were, <laughs> you look like you're ready to we, go halfway through. Next time we meet face to face, you're getting a dig in the ribs for for <laughs> for putting that twat in front of me when I wasn't expecting that particular twat. No. Wait till you hear um, the next one. <laughs> there should have no. been a trigger. There should have been a trigger warning on that on that mm, audio. I agree. I agree. But can you put the, the sign language lady back on? Absolutely. I understood her better. F. I mean, he is mixing his metaphors like no one's business. The big fish eats the small fish, and but the, maybe the fast fish will eat the big fish. That just fuck off. He he needs a slap, and he needs to be not given any kind. Of, I hate to say it, I hate to, to, to be a cancellor, but he needs to be deplatformed. I, I don't are... understand what you, Marty, you know, a bird in the hand is better than crying over spilt milk. <laughs> no, a bird in the hand shits on the wrist. Yeah. But basically, <laughs> there, there, are, his metaphors. there are small, fast fish that eat bigger fish. And do you know what they are? They're Piranha. things like lampreys. They're parasites. That's what they are. The small fish that eats a big fish is a parasite. And that's exactly what 
Klaus Schwab is. He is a parasite. Him and his kind have been sucking the lifeblood out of decent people for far too long. After you. Oh, you kind of said it all. <laughs> well, I was just having to translate the mixed metaphors, and it just he, it was painful. It's just painful. You can say things simply and just end it. But he did not. He could have just been like, you know, Bruce, government bad and K, business bad and K, whatever. It doesn't, you know, he could have made it very well, simple. But his message is government should be business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's well, the but whole the business is government. Capitalist. But we know, but we know business is government. Business makes the rules. Look at some of these small towns. Look at Kellogg's. You know, they, they own huge, vast areas, uh, you know, in in a political realm just by providing jobs uh, we like had in same, different states. We, yeah, we had the same thing here in the UK, maybe on a slightly smaller scale, but Cadbury's, the chocolate maker, mm -hmm. um, again, built a whole town attached to Birmingham that was all people working at the Cadbury's chocolate factory. Mm -hmm. Coleman's Mustard and the Coleman's Company in Norwich, in Norfolk, owned half the city. Um, mm -hmm. You get it. You get it everywhere you go. But government should actually make sure that those extremely rich and useful entrepreneurs don't overstep the mark. That's what government is really for, local government and federal government uh, or national government in our case. And, but if you overregulate, they just move. Then I'm sorry, but that's tough. Move. Go away. Get lost. We don't but if need... you make the move, how are you going to keep the population as sheep, you know, barely getting by? If they if they're starving, they're going to revolt. But if they're barely getting by with these mediocre jobs, you're able to keep them in control. Government definitely def doesn't want these businesses to go away. Hungry um, people revolt. Hungry people tar and feather you. But that's what yeah, they so want. Hungry people leave you. But they want maximum They want maximum They just want, they give them just enough to not go after the government, but just enough to be angry at everyone else. Yeah. Keep everybody, you know, fighting. Well, and that, that's, that, um, that's absolutely true. I can't argue with that. So I'll, I'll move on. I'll do, I'll do a politician's pivot and, mm, and talk okay. about. Pivot. I'm going to Love pivot on, onto trade unions. Before you do but that. But Johnny's holding the finger up, yeah, so I'm going to wait. I know. I, I'm, I'm happy to pivot to trade unions, but before you do that, we have to talk about what an ideal society is going to look like, right? What an ideal society is going to look like. We have to consider some of the, uh, the countries that we are going to look up to as examples of what we should be. Here's your trigger warning. This is Klaus Schwab on Chinese oh. state media yesterday. On the G20, you were there meeting some of the leaders as well. Professor Schwab, what do you make of the result? Finally, they put something as a statement, and it seems quite positive with all the voices included. I think it's positive. It's uh, already positive through the fact that everybody agreed about the statement, which we haven't had the last years. Now, the base has been formed, but um, we have to go one step further. We have to have a strategic mood. We have to construct the world of tomorrow. It's a systemic transformation of the world.
world. So we have to define how the world should look like, which we want to come out of this transformation period. I uh, respect uh, China's achievements, which are tremendous over the last uh, over 40 years. I think it's um, a role model for many countries, but I think also uh, we should leave it to each country uh, to make its own decision what system it wants to adapt. Mm. And I think we should be very careful in imposing systems. But the Chinese model is certainly a very attractive model for quite a number of countries. It's a very attractive model, and it's it serves as an example of what we should all do. Um, yeah, well, he had to say that, didn't he? Because otherwise he would have... Um been disappeared or something i mean he was sat in china on their state television so but it i I just cannot fathom how all of our politicians are buying this man's crap Uh, are they buying it or being bought both both because some people have gone into politics with all the right intentions but again the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You think, no, and, just on that point, you think, I, and I'm sorry to interject, but you actually think that they they believe this stuff, as in the politics. You think they're true believers. Oh, some do. Some, some do. do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Met them. Really? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Hook, line, and sinker. Believe it. Are, the rest are just uh, feathering I didn't say they're nest. smart. No. And the point where they are not smart is they do not realize what will happen when everybody finally gets angry enough to do something about it. That's what they're not smart about. That's what they're not realizing, that it all sounds wonderful. Oh, yeah, this will work. We say in in the military that the danger of a good plan is the dream of the perfect plan. And this is where they are. They think, oh, this is a good plan. So, yeah, we mustn't consider anything else. This is where we're going to move ahead on. But, you know, when we used to do various tasks, we'd formulate a plan, we'd go round the group of people who were going to perform the task and ask for ideas. No one's asking for any ideas here. Otherwise, they might have come up with something that everyone could accept. But this is something that only the elite, the ruling classes, the political classes, the billionaires are ready to accept. And they are forcing it on the rest of us. So that's why they're dumb, because they don't realize just how bad it's going to get for them when everyone finally does get angry enough. Population's getting ready for cockroach milk, because you know it's three times more nutritious than cow's milk. Yeah, that's right. We're sheeple in in general. The human population is sheeple. They they want convenience over, you know, conflict. I, I kind of agree with you. And we were hoping... If we could have got the right guest on, no offense, not that you're a guest, you're a founder. I'm not offended. That we could have talked about the mass formation hypnosis that all of these sheeple are under. And what makes us different? Why haven't we fallen for it? Or have we? We're on the other side. They're they're making two sides. No, we can still disseminate whether something is is too far out of reach. I mean, I I'm not I'm not following along with uh, with even the supposed uh, opposition. I'm doing the air quotes opposition. I, I'm not yeah. following along with that. The alternative again. I'm doing the air quotes alternative media. That's not even what we think it is. So. I don't think that we're following along with that at all because we're rejecting both sides of it. Yeah, we have yes. done. 
but also going right back to the start of, of the pandemic, as we now call it, I said when we were talking about lockdowns, they're a good idea as long as it is a few days, a couple of weeks to flatten the curve. It turned out to be nearly a whole year before things started to to get relaxed. And that should have been a big clue because, you know, when you're fighting a forest fire, sometimes you have to make a fire break by burning down a section of, of woodland to prevent it crossing over to buildings and areas where people live. How Machiavellian so, of you. Yeah, I'm a pragmatist. You know, you, you have to take the practical approach. We've mm-hmm. talked about Neil Oliver on GB News Although he really is speaking out and speaking out strongly, he's not being listened to by enough people. And many people can't work out why he's got that scarf around his neck all the time. You know, that's that's just not natural, unless he's got some kind of horrible scar. And we, we had a French teacher, uh, I can't remember what her name was now. Yes, I can. Mrs. Lachlan, her name was. She always uh-huh. wore a scarf, but that's because she had a massive Adam's apple because she used to be Mr. Lachlan. <laughs> All right. So when we see either controlled opposition or even tonight, I pointed out that those figures about the number of COVID deaths being vaccinated, people being higher than the unvaccinated, that's no surprise to me because there's sound reasons for that. But what you have to look at is the age group. And that's the questions we ask. So we we aren't the tinfoil hat wearers that people would like to think we are we are people who look at what evidence is being put in front of us and speak about that and just so you guys know rolling behind me here this is the example we should all look up to according to klaus this is uh the chinese people uh, revolting against the uh, covid restrictions and the lockdowns against the chinese police they haven't got a great deal of respect for their police um no they don't at, at, at any time i saw a young girl on a video with her hands covering the portals on a PCR testing station, with a policeman in with a face nappy on, trying to move her away. And there, there she was kicking at his chest as she kept her hand over these these sort of apertures where people would go and do the tests at a testing station. They, they've got it to that kind of automated level. So that's a young schoolgirl. Yeah, maybe 15, 16 year, years old with no respect for their police force. China is going to erupt soon with the way that their people yeah. are feeling. Yeah, they just locked down Shanghai again today and another city, uh, another large city of like 4 million. I, I don't know which city it was. On Shanghai. So they didn't pay their bribe today. I mean, how many COVID yeah. cases do they have? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me let me double check. Uh, let me see. So it was Beijing went back into lockdown. I'm sorry, it was not Shanghai. It was Beijing. I think, ba- oh, I think Shanghai. Yeah, yeah. They're behind on their payments. <laughs> Yeah, they must yeah. be that uh, that mayor's in a, is behind on on things there. Chinese, uh, let me see. Because you got to pay money to the big man. Yeah. Oh wait, Shen, yeah, I mean, Shen, uh, Chinese uh, China's uh, Shenzhou city, which is where the uh, the Foxconn factory is, which is where they make those lovely yeah. Apple products that you buy. They went into lockdown, and of course, the revolts have happened there. As time progresses, I mean, the Chinese people, GP, you're familiar with the culture over there, you know, more more so than, than a lot of the rest of us are. Do you see the Chinese people as in, I'm talking like the, the working class Chinese people, the good, decent, hardworking, working class Chinese people. If conditions majority get people. bad enough, yeah, yeah, majority of people, if conditions get bad enough, they're, they're not going to put up with this, are they? Yep. Really? You think they, they will? will. 
They will. That small fraction that you're seeing is, is exactly it. It's a small splinter group of, they'd be the equivalent of a third generation immigrant here to the United States. I see. That okay. that new gener- this newest generation is just a small group, but generation after generation in China has been taught to be subservient to the government, subservient loyal. to yeah, loyal you know, to nationalism. Very loyal people. And, and it's, it's to the core. I mean, it's almost genetic. It's crazy. It's their culture. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying that's just their culture. Marty, did you want to say something on uh, on labor unions before we pivot to the? Uh, I want to talk about this this uh, uh, this transgender madness uh, that's going on because you had something in your notebook too. Or do you want to skip the labor unions? You want to go right to that, or do you want to talk labor it's, unions? It's very it? quick. It's oh, very sure. quick about the um, the trade unions. There's a big dispute going on at the moment between British Rail. Drivers, guards, members of the union, and the NHS people who own the too. rail companies. NHS staff was stri- NHS staff was striking last week too, weren't they? Uh, the nurses did finally agree that they would all vote oh, to see. strike. The thing is, the guy leading the the uh, the rail workers union is saying people have had enough. You know, they're fed up with being poor. They want this. They want that. In actual fact, train drivers earn really, really good money. We're talking getting close to uh, 100K a year for a train driver. Pounds. Uh, so pounds, yeah. Getting close to £100,000 a year as a train driver because of the shift pattern they work. Is that various... equivalent of an engineer? No. Or what uh, we call an engineer over here? He's got to be trained and he's got, uh-huh. he's got a lot of responsibility. But at, at the end of the day, it's a train. He doesn't even have to remember which way he's going because the rails. Well, we call them engineer over here. We call them we call them engineers over here. But yeah, yeah. The engine, the engineer. Yeah, I get okay. you. OK. But the fact is, whilst it will take quite a while for people to be mm-hmm. trained to be train drivers, mm-hmm. we have got an absolute flood of working age people coming over from North Africa, from the Levant, from Albania, across the channel on a regular basis, who are more than willing to do just about any job for less than the current employed people are being paid. So I'm afraid that defeats that whole argument of strike, of removal of labour, because there's, there's so many people ready to just fill that gap. The other thing is that the way in which our governments have been legislating recently with all these fake uh, organizations like Stop Oil and uh, what's the other one? The envir- the other environmentalist ones, and Extinction Rebellion. Rebellion. And before that, it was, it, it was all to do with the anti-terrorist laws. We're being restricted and restricted further and further so that any kind of protest is going to become illegal and our right to protest is going to be removed. So that's all I wanted to say is that they may well be striking. They may well deserve a pay rise, especially the NHS. But there there are so many people ready to step in their shoes, which gives government and business confidence that they don't have to comply with their current workforce's wishes. Let's take a look at uh, the ESGs or the uh, the SDGs. You can throw those in there, too, because the ESGs, that's kind of a step above. But uh, if we're looking at this in terms of Agenda 2030 and Klaus Schwab's Great Reset, what do they say? Today's immigrants are tomorrow's CEOs. Yeah, exactly. And and so that's that's the way we're all supposed to be thinking. And you got it. It is a religion. We are being given edicts and parables and commandments 
that we're supposed to follow and it's being used as a religion. Religion used to be the control mechanism. Now it's COVID and crisis. Those are the control mechanisms they're using now, which nicely takes us almost straight back to where we came in. That's true. That's true. With a little bit of a diverting on this one, because this is part of the religion, too. You have to be for all of the insanity, all of the madhouse stuff, because the inmates are now running the asylum. So you have to be for everything, no matter how crazy it is. It doesn't matter. You got to be for it. San Francisco, GP, I know you're not in California anymore, but this is what San Francisco is doing. They're going to start transgender income programs that include 97 gender options and 19 sexual orientations. Qualifying people. Oh, dang. My 98th. I'm 98. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. Uh, well, they no. That see, you're you're covered. You're covered because all you have to do oh, is I am. check. Okay, you just check other and then write it in. That's all you have to do. Oh, yeah. Okay. So or or something else or or something like that. It, it's it, yeah, whatever. There's okay. a blank spot there for you to tick off and then write in what you are. Trans cyborg attack helicopter. There Got you it. go. Good. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's called guaranteed income for trans people or gift. Huh. Yeah, you, you catch mm. it. Yeah, gift. Mm. It will provide low-income transgender residents with twelve hundred dollars a month in cash for up to eighteen months. They it's say funny. that. Yeah, go on. Well, earlier today, when I was compiling my notes, and I want to actually, I want to remove the LG bit from the whole string, and it's actually just the, the lesbians be- and gays. Yes, because I know an awful lot of gay and lesbian people who don't buy this shit either, you know? Well, buy is the mass majority of them, so you got an LGB. Yeah, but the TQ++ lot, it's... um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're just going to break it down to where it's just a T lot. They got to go. (laughs) But it's all about free stuff. It's it's about getting free stuff, because Mm -hmm. if you're different in any way nowadays, there seems to be a fund for it. You get funding mm-hmm. for this, funding for that. You get a benefit if you're different. Everyone wants to be an individual. Uh, and I know in the podcast with Ned... Just like everyone talk, else? Just like everybody else. But there's there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a difference. There's a difference between being interesting because you're a little bit different and then irritating because you're trying to force your difference on everybody else. So that's the difference between, I mean, look at me. I'm a 56-year-old man. I've got so many different hobbies. I've done lots and lots of different things. I enjoy some things that people would think a 56-year-old man wouldn't, in his job wouldn't be enjoying that. And some of So it, you're you calling people things? I get it. I understand. Uh, you no, know, no, I'm not talking about people. <laughs> but some of the things that I enjoy doing, Mm-hmm. You mm. just would not expect someone who works in the business that I work in at my age to be into. But I am. But the point is, I don't make that grounds for me to get extra money from anybody or get funding or, or get benefits because I can't possibly go to work. I'm a live action role player. They'd all laugh at me. I'd feel bullied. I'd be under stress. So can I please have a universal income for LARPers? Is that okay? I do tabletop wargaming. I'm a martial artist. I'm feeling attacked. It's uh, (laughs) sorry. I'll back off. Would you like to go to safe space? I I can get I can get a mental health first aider round to you right now if you need. 
But mm, he's got his know, own medical that's, license. That's, he doesn't need first aid. He's, he can take care of it himself. <laughs> yeah, but that's a medical license. That's not a psychiatric license. That's true. That <laughs> so, is true. Right. He, do, he right, does right. need one of those, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So individuality with the ability to blend in is is what we should all strive for so that we're individual we've got our own little quirks and peculiarities that makes us who who we are but we also blend in and know how to form part of society but that's not what is happening at the moment because they want to break society up those society you're saying society should be neutral ground where everybody comes in on equal footing well Here's here's the thing. I, I brought this point up a couple yes. of days ago. Yes, I am saying that. Yeah, well, I mean that's okay. that's how that's how we we have been, but it's it's been this slow not one march. better than the other or one. Okay. No, it's it's been this slow march of of just uh, divide and conquer. But I, I made the point a couple of days ago that where do we where do we go? And you know maybe the two of you can can weigh in on this. Bruce and I were discussing it uh, on the podcast a couple of days ago, and I said, what do you do with a, a, a group of people? And, you know, I I hate to say this, but and I hated to say it then and I hate to say it now. They're incompatible with our traditions here in the West. They're completely incompatible. They don't agree with anything. And and more than that, they will not coexist with anybody that disagrees with them. Yeah, but that is the leftist anarchist ideals being taught in universities. It's got nothing to do with... With, uh, I have to disagree. I have to disagree that it's anarchist because it's very organized. They feel that anarchist. Because it's they, not as they, an individual, they, it is a they, pod. They, they need to be organized by somebody because those idiots couldn't wipe their own asses, let alone well, get to a rally or anything like that. They you have to understand they, the structure. They've probably of got it. a man for that. Yeah, you've got to understand the structure of it. This is like this is how do I put this? Okay, so I was listening to um, I was listening to an intellectual guy that was uh, invited to. It was a meeting about politics, but they weren't specific about what it was, which usually means that it's some kind of subversive organization. And when he got there, he realized that it was a meeting for Communist Party members in the United States. And this is back in the late 70s, okay? Late 70s, so consider the time period. The person that was speaking at the podium, I can't remember the gentleman's name right off the top of my head, but uh, who, who was speaking on it, he says, basically to everybody that was there attending the dinner, he says, look, we're just going to take over the Democrat Party. That's all we're going to do. With them taking over that party, they decided at that time that they were going to create little, what's the word I'm looking for? Variations, of Marxist okay. theology. It, well, basically, yes, it, but they were going to create little variations of, of Marxist theology in different groups. So it was all basically going to be rooted in, in cultural Marxism, but it was going to be to take over all the little groups to form that supermajority that you've talked about so many times, Marty. Yeah. They've got radical Islam. They've got the LGBT uh, folks. They've got the unions, the trade unions. They've got the, uh, the, the left wing, even the moderately left wing politicians. They've got finance capital. They've got entertainment. They've got media, all of it, everything, education, you name it. They've got it all. So in actual fact, you've been listening to two intellectuals. One was me and one was the other guy. That's correct. I said exactly that. That is correct. But, <laughs> but this is it. Um, but all of these little groups that were sitting here and were, were picking apart, have all been infiltrated and seeded with Marxism at the base. We're talking about anarchists. Yes, the people that are that are at the end of the line. Yes, those are anarchists. Those are what you call the useful idiots. But then you yeah. have the group that are that are above them that are the revolutionaries in that tiered structure. When you get to them, they are not anarchists. They are ironclad, disciplined, hardcore revolutionaries. That's what they are. 
and so, they're and they're believers. They they yes. believe yes. in Marxism. They believe in you know those ideologies. No, they believe in a version of, of these ideologies. Okay, a version enough. of that's it. fair. Yeah, and again, because you've got all these factions that are forming one larger faction, that's what gives them that power at the ballot box. That's what enables them to take over an entire party. So what are they? i tell you what they are. Those are the smaller, faster fish that Klaus was talking about earlier on. They've managed to grab hold of part of the Democrat Party, or in the UK, the Labour Party, and even the Conservative Party and the Liberal Democrat Party, buy in and they are working their way in. Uh, you know, like, have you ever, talking of fish, carrying on with Klaus's fish analogy, um, have you ever seen a hagfish? Hagfish is a, a lot, a, like an eel. Delicious. And, and they, they eat big fish that have fallen to the bottom of the the seabed and they bury their way right inside so the from the outside the fish looks like it's still moving slightly but it's all the fish the individual hagfish eating it from the inside and that's what they are they're infiltrators they're sleeper cells they're they're all all these terms that we've heard right the way through the cold war that's what they are it's the same tactic we are getting close to time here uh we'll go ahead and do a wrap up gp uh <laughs> trash i'm good i know i'm gonna get i was gonna say, oh we're at the end yes we're at the, the end. complete end yeah oh well <laughs> we all know what my expression is pick up a piece of trash but pick up two now because you got because you got you got people throwing out more trash today's day and age but yeah and go stay ahead stay away stay away from uh from crocodiles outside your front door yeah and don't they're do also drugs. delicious yes they are and yeah, don't do what <laughs> Marty, your final thoughts. Uh, yeah, I'm looking down my list on, on on my notepad. There's a whole bit there we didn't cover about radicalization, but we can do that another time. And the last thing I've written here is, you know, why do gay people act camp? I'll tell you why, because it's fun and it's not just for gay people. Those of us that have worked in the theatre all camp it up as much as possible. Camp is just a way of being light, agreeable, funny, a little bit bitchy on the odd occasion. And I'm absolutely okay with that. And I've done it myself. It's been an absolute Which pleasure. Part, the gay and, part or the camp part? Of course, part? he has to continue on. Yeah, he has to. He, has <laughs> to he would do, wouldn't he? He would. Just, it, just he the camp would, yeah. part. Well, we want to know. We just want to know. We just want to know. It has been Sorry. a pleasure having the two of you on. It's been a comedy show. I knew as soon as GP popped in, it was going to be a comedy show. Aren't you supposed to be eating turkey or something? Are you waiting for that alligator to come up to your front door so you can shoot him? Well, I couldn't get my turkey since Biden was sniffing him. <laughs> Seen the meme? <laughs> Seen that picture. Yeah. I saw it, yeah. That was my turkey. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we will go ahead and call this one done. Uh, again, I want to thank you both for being here today. Uh, I want to thank all of the listeners who are going to be out today listening to this, battling the, uh, uh, the the crowds at Walmart, stomping in there to get their $200 TV and give their season's beatings right on time. Marty, do you have any, do you have any words of wisdom for our, uh, for our Black Friday shoppers that might be listening to us today? Uh, yeah. Stay at home. Save your money. You're going to need it. You got it. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please yes. do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast.protonmail.com. Also, if you like the podcast you're listening to, we do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. Do you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening. Masalama, be manila. Masalama, be manila.